Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I want to talk about self-sabotage, us being our worst enemy, and their feeling that when stuff starts to kind of calm down and get a bit relaxing, there's a part of us who just wants to blow it up and start again and change everything, even when like it's starting to work. So I want to dive in and dig into this a little bit more. Hey everybody, hope you're going super well. So let's dive into this episode. Now, majority of these episodes I do come back to how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, you know, and, and really looking at it from the perspective of my journey. And I think that's why a lot of you relate with this, because with dyslexia or ADHD or whatever neurodiversity you're, you're suffering from, a lot of these challenges are similar. And one of the ones that's really sticking out to me at the moment is this challenge of self-sabotage and being my worst enemy. I sometimes feel like I want to project this onto other people and blame them um, or look for faults in others and try and pick anything else that I can that's not me because Shining that torch on myself in certain moments can be really painful, can be really hard to go, hey, the way my mind, the way my brain is working is causing challenges in my life. And it's super hard to be able to um, direct that uh, in, the right, in the right way. Does that make sense? Um, and it ends up, you know, in feelings of self-sabotage, like I'm actually sabotaging my progress towards things um, and causing issues with a lot of stuff in the future. It's like the minute anything seems to be going well, I start to look for ways out of it going well. Does that make sense? It's like I can't make things work. And that's what's really been going through my mind recently is is what's been giving me the best success, I kind of throw it away pretty quickly. Um, if, if, for example, my health goes super well, I throw another part of my life away. If my relationship is stable, um, do you know what I mean? I have to have some level of challenge in my life. Um, and I've either got to create that challenge um, and have something that I'm really proactively creating or I have to um, just let it you know watch myself self-sabotage and this is the the big thing that's come through my mind recently is self-sabotage is not me trying to fail there is no interest in myself and failing right I'm not seeing here go I wish I could fail at something today that's the goal you know what really is self-sabotage because I like I'm sure if you're like me you've felt like you self-sabotage like you're actually hurting your chances of some sort of deemed success in some part of your life. Maybe that's health and you end up eating a burger or maybe it's financially you miss a meeting or um, you start to do the actions that don't help you get towards you want where you want to be in business or could be in a relationship. You start to cause fights for the sake of causing fights. You know, and you feel like you're self-sabotaging all these different things and not all at once, right? That happens in a strange mixture. Something can be going super well and you feel like you're on the right path. And then it feels like you're self-sabotaging another part of your life. It doesn't make sense, right? 
<clears throat> or does it? And what I mean by it does make sense is the more I'm starting to learn about how I've self-medicated over the years, the more I'm starting to realize that self-sabotage is another form of medication. And now you're sitting there going, he's lost his mind again. Um, but what, what's really coming, what's really interesting is, as I've spoken about in a, in a few episodes before, stimulation is a type of medication, you know, for boredom. If our minds, especially with dyslexics with an ADHD tendency, um, even if it's a small one, you know, your body, your mind is looking for stimulation. It's looking for something interesting that's out of the obvious. And that can be one of many things, uh, you know, to keep it interesting. And I've seen this happen in a bunch of people. Some people have used, you know, I've seen, I've seen people destroy relationships by cheating. I've seen people, um, you know, have a lot of issues with food, um, you know, just as they get good on a diet, they blow it up and they think it's just a natural thing. You know, you go off a diet at the end of it. Um, you know, it could be, yeah, it could be business. You know, your business starts to actually take off and instead of slowing down and making sure it stays in the air, you kind of jump off and let it destroy itself. And I've done that myself. I've tried to do a bunch of different things just to keep it interesting. But what I'm always trying to, what I'm, what I'm starting to realize is what I'm trying to do is create stimulation. I'm trying to create this, um, this rocky patch in different parts of my life to keep it stimulating and not boring. Because the worst thing for anyone with ADHD and uh, dyslexia as well, you may find this, is, is complete boredom. It's really challenging to live a boring life. I always look at my life and go every year seems like a brand new journey into what I'm what I'm learning about myself and the world. It's a massive um, experience. And for me personally, um, you know, no two years have ever looked the same. Um, you know, like I, it was interesting with the whole COVID thing that's happening. When that first started, it was so out of the ordinary, right? It actually relaxed me. I actually could handle it in in new ways. It really started to get me thinking and how I operate um, anything to do with, you know, with life when COVID happened. And I was okay with it. You know, and I remember um, a friend saying, you know, when you've got dyslexia and ADHD, which is a real combined thing. And this podcast is probably becoming more and more about the kids, the people that have both. You know, we probably make up 5% of the world. Um, and this is where it really affects adults, I think, is when ADHD and dyslexia are together, even if they're a bit higher in one place and lower in another, is we really continuously see these cycles of self-sabotage. And I've watched it in a few friends that easily have ADHD and dyslexia. And I think as well with dyslexia, there is another form of ADHD called VAST. Now, if you listen to that ADHD 2.0 book that I've recommended, and I'd recommend anyone on here listen to it, you'll you'll see that some people don't have ADHD. They've got more of a, a version of it that's kind of um, brought on by uh, not their brain per se, but society, but by nurture rather than nature. 
and you know you see that kind of like with diabetes there's a version that you're born with and a version that kind of happens to you based on your diet and the environment well that's how i understand it sorry if you have diabetes and i've offended you but it's it's kind of what happens with adhd and so it's a really interesting here like the more i listen to that book the more i dig deeper into understanding more about how our brains work and they talk about dyslexia as well you know the more i'm learning about this the more i see they both come from a similar root cause or root challenge but after that little tangent for monday let's dive back in but what i was talking about is self-sabotage <laughs> you can see me go off on different topics but with self-sabotage, it keeps happening on repeat. And the question I've always got is, why is it happening? And for a long time, I used to try and go back and think, I must have had something happen as a kid, a trauma or an issue or a challenge that my brain is trying to protect me from. And that was really how I believed it was. And the realization that's come to me is actually, it's a lot simpler. It's self-medication. You know, my mind, my brain is sitting there with a menu of things that it can do to create short-term and long-term stimulation. It's like sitting at a restaurant and it's got this book and it's saying, oh, alcohol, that'll give you a certain amount of stimulation. But to, to use this one safely, you've got to have it after about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and you've got to have a few breaks occasionally so you don't look like an alcoholic. That'll keep you safe and you will be what's called a functioning alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? Like that is what is on the menu, right? Um, same with vaping for me, not for everyone. You know, everyone's menu is slightly different based on your experiences. So I had the smoking experience early on and that went into my menu of going, okay, this is something you can do on a regular basis. And then when vaping came around, you can do this even more often because it's more accepted. You know, I'm gonna pick this off the menu. You've then got some bigger ones, some some life-changing ones like, oh, you know, you're feeling bored and there's some, you know, you, you, you're getting bored too often. You know, you're needing to use too many of these short-term solutions to keep you active in your mind and stimulated. Uh, let's look at a longer-term one. What's happening in your life that's too calm? What if we blow that up? What if we self-sabotage? You know, that's on this menu. You're used to doing that already. But we know that once self-sabotage happens and we cause friction or challenge, this can this can stimulate you for months, sometimes even longer if it's a big thing. Does that kind of make sense? It's this menu that we've been living with and working with for so long. It's just another item on the menu that your brain has experienced to give you a certain high. Um, and that's what's really opening my mind is that I'm looking for this level of stimulation. I'm desperate for it. And if I'm not giving it in shorter doses, I'm giving it in big chunky ones like sabotaging a problem in my life. Um, sabotaging a problem, sabotaging something that's working in my life. So I just wanted to share that because that's a big one. You know, self-sabotage is one of the biggest things I've noticed if I look back over a long enough period of time that I've done on repeat. I've never self-sabotaged myself to a point of destitution. You know, it's my brain's smart enough, right? It doesn't put you into a position where you're, worth, you're in a terrible place, but it puts enough bombs, it lays enough mines that it puts you off course repeatedly when things are getting too easy or too calm. It's like, I wonder, it's why you see those people 
who win the lotto and don't smartly use it, right? You know, they, they, they kind of create a lot more challenges because one of the biggest challenges they've had is money in their life. The minute they get so much they can't deal with it, easy stimulation. Uh, it's yeah, it's really intriguing me. So I'm going to continue to look into this, but I'm slowly building up the stimulation menu. If anyone thinks it'd be worth me putting together a copy of this, like I'm really considering creating a download of some sort of this, you know, hit me up, message me on truthaboutdyslexia.com. Um, if I get enough interest, I'll put something visual together for everyone. Um, but I think it, you know, if you had this kind of understanding of this menu, and what you have to do to swap from one to the other, which is what I'm researching and testing out on myself, might be of value. So hit me up on truthaboutdyslexia.com. Tell me what you love about the podcast. If you've got any ideas that you'd like to hear on it, shout out. I'm always happy to listen to my awesome audience. And thank you guys for sharing the pod. Um, I know it's helping a lot of people with dyslexia and ADHD. Um, and I hope it's making sense to you. Have an epic rest of your day. Mm-hmm.